This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 39. And I also want to make sure that I'm, I'm finding strength coaches that that kind of want my job. I want someone who wants to progress through the, through the profession. Um, so I don't want to hire anyone that I don't think can ever replace me. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I'm Scott Caulfield. Here today with me, the Director of Strength and Conditioning for the New York Yankees, Matt Kraus. Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And we are actually sitting inside the Yankees facility in Tampa, Florida, here at spring training. Thanks for letting me come and hang out for a couple of days. Yeah, sure. No, it's it's been it's been great. Well, listen, let's talk first. You're the you're the most recent awardee of the NSCA's Professional Strength and Conditioning Coach of the Year award. Talk a little bit about um, winning that award and you know what that means to you. And the the your organization was very. Uh, interested and supportive of you too so talk a little bit about that whole thing well i'm just honored because i think uh just being part of baseball now this will be my 18th season and when i first got in the baseball being the first baseball strength coach to win the award i know there's a lot of uh worthy former strength coaches that were pioneers in the sport so i just feel like um i helped doing my part to take it from where they started it and then moving it forward and uh, just like the NSCA is kind of started and growing and you're doing your part to move it forward and I just feel like uh, I'm very honored to, to win it I think it's uh, um, it's just a special thing for me obviously being a strength coach and you get recognized by your peers and and, and by the committees that uh, hopefully I'm just doing my part and I'm just very appreciative yeah and you're also a native New Yorker too right so how's that been uh being to work for, you know, your home team as a New Yorker. <laughs> uh, it's, it's humbling in its own way. It's fun in its own way. It's, it means something to me personally and, and family-wise. And then it also means, sometimes it means nothing because, you know, it's like you, you work with players, you know, no matter where you are. So yeah. uh, you take the fan part out of it. But uh, being in professional baseball and growing up and, and – Seeing like uh, uh, Bucky Dent was the first person I ever seen hit a home run as a you know a seven years old, and then had an opportunity to work with him. Uh, Chris Chambliss was my dad's favorite player, and then he got a chance to meet him. Uh, my brother's favorite player was uh, Ken Griffey Sr., and he was a Yankee. And then um, I had an opportunity to work with him, and as my brother's favorite player. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my son's favorite player was Mark Teixeira, and he got a chance to meet Mark Teixeira. Mm-hmm. So it was like as a family slash personal slash uh, just a fun fun thing but at the end of the day it's a job right. and you gotta pull all that aside so uh, come here every day ready to work expect you know there's great expectations on you so you know that it's important and we want to meet those expectations uh, we want to have the best program the expectation I was told we want to have the best program the Yankees have the best and uh, so all of the personal stuff aside I come here every day and I want to make sure that we have the best program and we're developing our players and we're, we're maintaining our players on the major league side and 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 everything's moving in the right direction, and we're we're making the, the Yankees proud of our program. Yeah, and you've got a, a pretty good sized staff. I met a lot of guy, a lot of coaches while I was here. Um, what are some of the kind of key traits, or you know, most important aspects you think that coaches? And it doesn't mean it matter if you're a pro strength coach or college or high school. What are some key traits that really good strength coaches that you've seen, you've hired, have to have? 
when I go through the process and we're looking overall at the resumes and at the end of the day, we bring everyone in, we want to meet everyone. We want to do a face to face and and I want to get a gauge. And even from the references, is that person a good person? You want to have like, I I like our staff right now. Um, We have a really good fit. We all get along. And uh, so step one is you want someone to be a good person. We want people to, to, to be humble and to the fact that the, no matter what job I throw at them, they're, they're going to do it. Uh, and they're, they're going to do a good job with it. And then we look at the X's and O's of, of being a strength coach and uh, are they able to understand the program and the terminology and are they able to communicate that to our players, whether it's in English or Spanish or in Japanese or you, you'll run across Korean players. And um, So you just want to make sure that, that, one, they're open to new ideas and they're, and they're able to take our ideas and they're able to communicate them to the player no matter who it is. They're able to keep things simple. And they have to have good listening skills as well as leadership skills. And I also want to make sure that I'm, I'm finding strength coaches that, that kind of want my job. I want someone who wants to progress through the, through the profession. Um, so I don't want to hire anyone that I don't think can ever replace me because I think that's what makes a good program or, or, or good staff. Uh, you know, there are times that, you know, you're going to have to step out of the room. People have to be able to, to, to fill that void. But so I think it's important to be a good person, that you want to be a leader. You, you want my job. I'm not giving it to you because that makes me stay good. Right. Um, but I, I do know that one day that I probably won't be here and there'll be someone right. that's going to replace me. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. And I want the, them to be able to, to, to take the ball and, and, and keep moving with it. Yeah. So for me, I want to make sure that we have someone that wants to be great. And I think that's something that we even ask out of our players. The first question that I ask them, hey, what, what do you want out of your baseball career? And if the first thing they say to me is, uh, you know, they don't want to be, be the greatest, then you're missing something. And I want the strength coach to be the greatest strength coach they could possibly be. Yeah. If they say I'm here because, you know, it's not about the money. <laughs> I know that. And uh, but you want your players to want to be the greatest. And if they never achieve that, bottom line is you want to achieve yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. And uh so that's some of the things that I'm looking for is that they just want to be great at what they do yep. and they want to be humble enough that they're able to do all the smallest tasks to the greatest task and that, or have the littlest amount of responsibility to all the, all the most responsibility. And uh, so those are just some of the things I, I, I believe in myself that we're going to teach you all the strength training things that we need you to do. Right. I mean, the NSCA is doing their right. part, yeah. what you did in college was their part. Yeah. And then we're going to teach you the practical side of this and, and X's and O's of, of being in the weigh room and dealing with people. And, uh, I felt like I've had some good people in my path that, that have done that for me. Yeah. So, yeah. And you, I like what you said too. If you leave the room, you need to know that, right. That things aren't just going to stop dead just because you left. Right. Or if you want to go on a vacation sometime, somebody has got to be able to step up. (laughs) But but I'm saying like, you you want people to, to, to know that you can handle it and you can take over the responsibility because you do step out, you go to meetings and, or, or things do come up. And when you're overseeing the whole program, you're not looking at every little piece, every single second, you want to make sure that you have quality people that are managing their part. And then, uh, and then everything's running smooth. Yeah. And uh, baseball is, is pretty unique. It's super long season. You've got spring trainings here in Florida or in Arizona. And then you go off to wherever your team actually plays during the season. Um, what would you kind of 
uh, I don't want to say forewarned, but what would, what kind of basic information do you, would you give someone who's young and looking to get into pro baseball? And what are they going to have to expect coming into it? Well, one of the first things I do is I go, I do you even like baseball. <laughs> All right. Cause, cause it is long and yeah. it's every, it's every day and every day counts because it's a game every day. Yeah. So everybody's stats every day count. You know what I'm saying? Every, so every day counts. Um, and you find out like, Oh yeah, I love baseball. I love baseball. And then they're on like day 72 in a row. And like, well, there's no weekends off. The, you know, my, my, my wife or my girlfriend's coming in town and my parents are in town. I'm like, listen, you come into the field. Um, so you find out. So what I tell everyone is, When you come into baseball, you don't you, you don't need the coordinator job right away. You don't need the major league job right away. I know you want you aspire to things. Come down and take one of the short season jobs. Get into the game to see if you like baseball. Because um, I've worked college football and college basketball and you know men's and women's tennis and baseball and you find out what you like and you don't like. Yeah. Uh, I got that experience because I worked twelve sports at the college level. But I mean, right. so when you get into baseball, then you you, you work the short season. And then when the season's over, you think you're about to go home, there's Instructional League, which is another four to six weeks, depending on the team, what they want to put in it. And then when that ends, there's the uh, Dominican Instructional League. Okay, so then you go down there and you're, you're going to see that. And then, uh, so then now finally, by Thanksgiving, you're going to get a little downtime, you get to go home, do a little family thing, and then you'll have the holidays. New Year rolls around, guess what? December 10th, you're going to be here. We're going to have a strength camp. And then we're going to have... Uh, which is going to last six to eight weeks. And then spring training. And then you go back to, so, and then the season starts. So it's a long year. It's a a 12-month job. So you're going to find out whether you like baseball, whether you like dealing with baseball players. Do you, um, and it's not for everybody. I love it. So I I stay in baseball. Not that I didn't like any of the other sports, but I enjoy the fact that Every day counts. Every day matters. Every day there's a game. And I work college football and you do all that stuff and there's one game a week. And and, and I love football. Right. But this I like better. Um, so working college football, I worked with the, the 18 to the 22 year old person or athlete. And then getting into baseball, I'm dealing with the 17 year old Dominican that gets signed to a 40 year old player. Right. So the, the, the range of people... And you get to use all of your skills, all of your creativity, all of you test, all of your patience and, yeah. and, and everything you possibly have, you're going to give to this sport yeah. uh, in the program development and dealing with different age groups, different places where they are in their career yeah. and, and how you're just going to go help people because you're a support staff person. Yeah, yeah. I don't run the whole thing. I'm, I'm right. here. To, I'm here to help you. And that's another thing I want. I want to see our strength coaches be open and be willing, yeah. come with a good attitude every day and, yeah. and see what you got. Yeah. That's a great point about being support staff, right? It's not, we're not the show. It's the, <laughs> they have to go out and play baseball still. You're going to be here first <laughs> and you're going to be one of the last people yeah. to leave and yeah. other things are going on and, and you just got to do your part. Yeah. And you talked about, um, you know, you worked with other sports, you worked with college sports. You didn't just automatically become the director of strength conditioning for the New York Yankees. So tell us a little bit about that path, you know, the stuff that you did that got you to the point where you could get a job, like being the director of strength conditioning for the Yankees. Um, well, I started out, honestly, I was, when I got out of the Marine Corps, uh, I had a buddy that was at East Carolina University and I was looking for a place to go to school and they wound up having an 
So from the location from where I was in the Marines, like, you know, Camp Lejeune and then coming East Carolina, Greenville is 45 minutes west. So I'd go visit a friend of mine from home that was going there. And then uh, so when I was getting out, I was thinking of things that I wanted to do that never, ever thought I would be a strength and conditioning coach. And it wasn't wasn't in my plan. But when I got to East Carolina, I was there for the weekend and uh, saw a few articles in their school paper that was sitting there flipping through and they had a nice sports medicine program, good sports medicine program, a few different write-ups. Went over and visited with some of the people and I was like, this is probably something that I that I would like to do. So not knowing what I want, so I enrolled, got into East Carolina and uh, got into their sports medicine program, which... They, you know, the track was exercise, phys, sports medicine, whatever. So I, I did the sports medicine track, which would have led to a career in athletic training. Right. And went through all of that, got certified as an athletic trainer. And while I was waiting in between, you know, graduating. So I finished my schoolwork in December. You graduate in May, though. I had to do an internship. Nope. So I, I was done with the athletic training part. So Jeff Connors, who's one of the strength yeah. coaches that yeah. you see at the NSCA, he was an award winner yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, and I was, the athletic training side, I was working men's basketball and football. So I was in, in overseeing things and being in the weight room a lot. So I got to meet Jeff. I was like, well, Jeff's between, you know, between now and May, December and May, do you, do you mind if I just help out with basketball, but on the weight training side of it, not... Yeah, yeah, come on. He was always open about it. And uh, so between doing my regular internship, when I had free time, he let me work in the weight room. And uh, so I wanted to get my master's in athletic training, and, and a few things just didn't work out. And Jeff, I called, talked to Jeff, and he goes, uh, I know somebody down at, at, at UCF. I can call down there right now because I didn't have any money. I wasn't going to get my master's unless right. unless someone else was paying for it, right? <laughs> Back in the day. So he calls down and the guy said, hey, if uh, wound up being Reese Bridgman, who is um, part of the N- uh, part of the NSCA. And uh, they took me about how to get down there with like within a week football was going to start wow. like at the end of May and packed up all my stuff. I graduated, packed up all my stuff, got in a truck. I was down there within three days, enrolled at UCF, got in. I had to, I had to pass the test. And then since I never really applied to UCF. Uh, the first semester was like some pro- probation thing yeah, that you do back sure. then. I get all A's. Well, <laughs> I got all A's to finish and, and stay, and then uh, finish that first year as a GA. So I worked football and every sport Reese would throw at me because yep. it was just me and him, one other guy well, back then. There wasn't really uh, a staff. Now right. it's built up. Yeah. And uh, but then I wound up being the first full time hired assistant strength coach at at UCF. Okay. And I worked there, and then in the summers. Between basketball and football, I uh, the Daytona Cubs. Well, the Cubs. That's how I kind of got my first introduction to baseball. I never thought I'd be in baseball. And they said, "Listen, can you work some of the home games for us? We're looking for an intern." I said, "We don't have any interns. It's me, and that's it." I go, "I'll do it." He goes, "You just have to work the home games." So I get up, I work football, then I do men's basketball. I get my car from Orlando, drive over to Daytona for their home games. Get there about three o'clock, do all their stuff for the baseball team, and they would let me leave in the third inning and and, and drive back. And I well, did that for the whole summer. Yeah. And uh, so the following summer, when I was in Orlando, uh, you know, at UCF, uh, I called over to Markusanovich, was the strength coach with the Buccaneers, and I said uh, he was going to have some clinics or camps or, or a mini camp, and uh, he's like, yeah, if you want to come over on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
pop in, just call ahead of time, and he was open to allow me to do that. So I got up, did football, did men's basketball, turned around, drove to, to Tampa yeah. a few times. It wasn't the whole summer. It was yeah. just a couple times just Mark like would allow night, me in there just to, drive, to meet right? some people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I won't say I had any NFL experience, but I got to go over and, and, and meet my first NFL strength coach. I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, one weekend, Jerry Palmieri was with the Jaguars at the time. He, I drove up there yep. and hung out with him for a day or two, and he, and he was open. And so the, that end of that second football season was finishing up, and then Bruce Hamill was the major league strength coach with the, with the Cubs, who had called me the year before. He goes, hey, the Pittsburgh Pirates have a minor league coordinated job open. Do you have any interest in that? I said, not, not really. I mean, I want to be a football college strength coach. Yeah. I was like... No, he's like, well, I, I put your name in for the job. He goes, so, you know, they might call you. I'm like, well, you know what? And this is a, this is a recommendation I give to anybody. If there's a chance to interview, you take the interview. Sure, yeah. Don't, not, don't shut down any kind of opportunity. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so a lot of times, like, oh, I could have interviewed. Take the interview, just for the experience of interviewing. Sure. So prior to this, I've had... <laughs> You know, Jeff, make a phone call for me and did a short phone interview, but I, I got the GA spot. They needed somebody and wound up working out. Good timing. Yeah. Timing was probably more than my experience. Sure. They needed somebody who was going to help them. But this time, there was like a legitimate interview. I was like, you know what? At the age I am right now, if I'm ever going to make a career change, and I think I'm going to be in football. But so I drove down to Bradenton, took the interview, and uh, they wound up calling me back and got the job. Yeah. So now at this time, point in time in my life, I'm like, all right, what do I want? Do I want to right. stay in this? Yeah. And I really enjoyed working at UCF and I wanted to stay in football, but I'm like, I'm young enough that if I'm making career change, I could always come back. So I take, I take the job with the pirates and, uh, which I didn't have enough experience, but it was still, I won't call it by a pioneer by any means, but baseball was starting to build with strength sure. coaches. Yeah. Not every team had one at the major league level at that yeah. time. And, uh, so I was a coordinator there for, for three years and then, uh, moved on and, and went with the Reds and I wound up being with the Reds as a minor league coordinator for, for a year, two years and I got the major league job and then I've been in baseball like ever since. I mean, I fell in love with baseball the minute I walked in the door. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you well, hate to be sad, man. I still have my, yeah. I walked yeah. in and I saw my nameplate for the first time like on a locker yeah. Yeah, yeah. and all some, some clothes in it and that nameplate actually is over my son's closet in his bedroom right now. That's cool. I'm like, you know, you keep yeah. these type of little memento type things but, uh, what do you think it was that changed your mind for for baseball? Like, you, you get there. I mean, you, you're doing it, and you just you just like I talked about earlier. You, you know, I was just exposed to being around all different types of people. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy the game, so I don't want to sit there and tell you that I don't. I mean, I enjoy football and basketball, yeah. but I mean, you, I enjoy the game. And but but getting a chance to to use all of your skills. Yeah for me is what makes it, what makes it fun. Yeah. Um, so you're going to deal with, cause you know, when, the, when you work in the pro side of this, you're, you're the rehab guy, you're the strength coach, you're the, you, you were the mental conditioning guy back in the day. You were the right. dietitian. Right. So when I first got into baseball, I was, you, you know, you're everything yeah. at that point in time. It's branched out now and I'm so happy just to be a strength coach. We have all these different pieces. I don't have to do all those things cause I probably wasn't any good at the other pieces of them, uh, of, of, of the industry. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, I love being in the weight room. I like being able to push people, to help people, yeah. uh, take feedback from them, yeah. be open to learn from everyone, from the coaching staff to the players to, to other strength coaches. Yeah. You, um, 
you mentioned your ATC, so your dual certified ATC, CSCS, right. RCC. What, how valuable was that? Would you, do you recommend people going that route? I mean, if it fits into their kind of path, does it make sense? I mean, yeah. I mean, one, you know, coaching in and of itself is kind of not certain. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know if you're going to have yeah. a job. So I'm t- like, anytime you have, you can have a few different certifications. Uh, I did when I left East Carolina, I had my teaching certification in yep. physical education. So, you know, you have to have plan B, C and D. I tell every strength yeah. coach, don't, this might not work out for you. Right. So make sure you have something else to, to fall back on because you still have to pay your rent. You still have a car payment. You still have a phone payment. You know, don't not have a job because you just want to be a strength coach. I, that wasn't going to be it. You know, you yeah. have to, you have to take care of yourself. Uh, but it also allows many options for yourself yeah. And uh, so athletic training part was fine. I think it, I use that experience because of all the rehab side of this game. Sure. Is you're dealing, but you're dealing with the training staff and the doctors and the, re, and the therapists and everyone. So uh, I believe it's definitely helped me. Yeah. Um, it also helps, you know, for, for things that you're thinking about in the weight room. And you yeah. always talk about prevention's part of it. It's not just performance yeah. enhancement, but there is prevention. Yeah. Uh, so you always have to be open to that and, and be be thinking along that line yeah. uh, in your program development. So if it fits your personality, I believe the weight room fits my personality yeah. uh, more than the, the the training room does. Okay. But, but they're equally as important. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm, I'm glad I did it, but I'm also glad that the the way that my path has kind of led me, I'm, I'm very, very happy and yeah. happy to be a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. yeah, no, it's good. Keep keep covering your bases, and yeah, it makes you just another another resource that you have available to you at that uh, in your toolbox. Basically, I like it. Um, guys just put on one of the biggest NSCA state clinics, I think probably in NSCA history here. Tell us a little bit about the Florida state clinic you guys held. Well, one, I've always tried to be a part of the coaches conference or some something with the NSCA as far as whether I'm going to be a speaker, whether I want to help out. I, you know, I just, I try to throw my name in the hat, get on a committee, do something. I think just as you get older and you have, you know, I have, you know, married, I have kids and I don't, I don't want to travel as much. And if there was an opportunity to kind of bring something close to home, that was, that was probably the great, first, great point. first part that was like, oh, let me do it here. Yeah. Uh, but also I think we have a great facility. Uh, I think uh, if we're going to do it, you know, it, it, it's, I think Tampa was a good location because it's been in Tallahassee or it didn't in Miami, but you know, Orlando or Tampa is like central for the state. Right. So I think that also allowed a lot more people, the accessibility to kind of get to it. Sure. So people down in Fort Myers or Miami probably won't drive to Tallahassee and the people right. in Tallahassee and Jacksonville probably don't want to drive to Miami. Yep. Um, but I think our facility was just renovated. We have a beautiful pavilion. We have, you know, the restaurants and we had space for vendors and, and, um, not just with the NSCA, but with the, the, the PBS CCS, which is the professional baseball strength and conditioning coaches society. That's, that's a lot to say. Right. Uh, I've, for the last six years I've run their vendor show. So I've always tried to be involved. I tell everyone to get involved in some capacity, whether it's administratively, whether you're going to be a speaker, get, get involved with whatever this group. So I don't, I didn't, it's the only way to learn and meet people. And, and sometimes you get a favor out of it. You know, you give a favor, you get something back, you know, you never know how it's going to go. Yeah. So, uh, I was comfortable hosting something like this. Uh, I feel by doing some events in the past, I was able to help out with the marketing piece. And, and I think the Yankee name also 
help helps the marketing yeah. piece. But you have the facility for it. And if you have the facility for it and, and, and the timing's right, get yourself involved and yeah. and try and put on the best clinic you could possibly put on. Yeah. You know that that's that's if we're gonna do it, we're gonna we're gonna do it right. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I've always too been. You know, the NSCA is one of the few organizations that you can get involved as a volunteer. We have from the state clinics to regional to committees to right. you know being advisory boards now all the state chapters have advisory boards and I've always said that you know that's what makes the organization different there's not many if any that I can think of where you're you can actually get involved at that grassroots level and and that's the other thing is like well don't complain if you're not you know if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem so you gotta meet people <laughs> yeah you're, you're 100% correct you know and if you want to grow this and if you if you if you love the industry whether it's the fitness side of it, I don't care what part of it is. Right. You still want to meet people. And then, and, uh, I've been, been in Tampa now for four years. So you still want to meet people in your community. Yeah. Uh, there was people from all over the state that came, but there was also local high school strength coaches and, and PTs yeah. and people that are in this community that you want to build relationships with. Um, so that's, you know, one of the reasons why you, you want to host something like that. Yeah. I, listen, I know it takes up people's time and then people hear, ah, I don't want to do it. But guess, well, guess what? You need, you need to do it. It was one day. Right. And then if I combined all the little hours that went into it, it was probably one more day. So for two days worth of my time, I met 300 people. Right. And I don't know when it's going to work out. And I might do more for them than they do for me or they might do more for me than I do for them. Yeah. I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, I feel like we put on a good clinic. Yeah. And just got an opportunity to meet some good people. Yeah. And talk about networking too, right? Meeting people, yep. meeting people, getting the word out. Like how do you, especially now at your level, busy family, professional strength coach, how do you, how do you continue to keep networking and keep your professional relationships like that strong? I ask for a lot of patience from my family. <laughs> nah, you know what? I think they're, they're kind of used to me now. So the, uh, it's just something that you, you just budgeted in. Sometimes part of, part of it. Um, there are people that help me. So I know that there's the, you know, you gotta, you gotta pay it forward a little bit. So I try to be open. Do I answer every email? No, I probably should. I, I, I try to do as many as I possibly can. Yeah. Or, or if I, if I bump into someone at a conference and they want to come over and say hello, I still need to be doing that too. I go over out of my way and go meet people. Right. Uh, I don't think you're ever done as long as you're going to be in the industry. And if you want the industry to move forward, you have to, you, you have to be open and just like other people have to be open. Yeah. There's no rocket science behind this. This is effort. This is a participatory event. Everyone's got to participate. Yeah. Just like your workouts. If you want to have a good workout, you got to put in all the effort. Yeah, yeah I love it. That's great. You uh, mentioned the PBS CCS. Took me a long time to be able to say that acronym that fast. Yeah. Professional Baseball Strength and Conditioning Coaches Society. You guys are super organized. Talk a little bit because uh, you've seen that organization grow and, and what you guys do and get it. You know, we've now... CSCS and RSCC, the registered strength coach designation, are required for employment in pro baseball. So just tell us a little bit about the organization and then how you guys kind of got those two, the certification and the distinction worked into your, you know, basically your hiring practices. Well, the, the PBS CCS actually was a strength coaches, uh, you know, baseball strength coach, but actually started the first few were at the the first few coaches conferences, like that yeah. one in January, yeah. before we moved to the winter meetings. Yeah. So, um, after there was, uh, so we, we we had a relationship from day one, 
uh, with, with the NSCA to help it build. I know Fernando Montes and Yen Bob Alejo and a few maybe recognizable names that, yeah. that, that come to the conference. Uh, they actually kind of, they started, they would say they're founding fathers and, uh, and then I was just, just, just a young strength coach in the back of the room that didn't say nothing. And I just kind of listened and they were putting this together and, and then little by little, you know, you're, you're there three, four years because you never know how long you're going to be in this game. You think you're, you're going to be out of it soon. So I, I never really took any kind of involvement. But uh, I know Fernando would always be like, yeah, people need to get involved. People need to get involved. And you kind of just wait till the time is right when you feel comfortable. And uh, I got myself involved, you know, in whatever it is. They, you know, I was like, a, at that time, I was a minor league NL rep, which is, you know, you have almost no responsibility, but there's a few things you just got to pass out some stuff and, and help out and just be available. And that's how it kind of started. Just when I was ready to take on a little more responsibility or be involved and, and, uh, I did. And so the, the, as it evolved and we, I don't remember the first year, but we moved from the NSCA coaches conference to, to the winter meetings, which officially put us on the docket with being part of major league baseball. So we weren't just a separate society at the time. Then now we're, we were on the docket and, and part of Major League Baseball. And from that point, uh, then, you know, then I ran and got on the board and did some different things. At the same time, I was on a performance committee with at the NSCA. I was getting involved over there as well. And through that performance committee is where we came up with the RSCC. Oh, yeah. So I'm proud to be a part of that yeah. process and uh, helped with, you know, some of the people at Major League Baseball and the NSCA to kind of get it to where uh, we use it as, as a hiring criteria or guideline for Major League Baseball. And uh, I, you could say now this last agreement with the Players Association that they you have to, it says in, in the Players Agreement uh, and that you have to be a registered strength and conditioning coach to be the Major League strength coach or, or, or the Minor League strength coach. Um, which is a big thing. Yeah. Now you're recognized. You're not just recognized by Major League Baseball, but now you're recognized by like like by the by the industry. Yeah. So it says every time there's a Major League Baseball event, there's going to be a strength and conditioning coach there. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 evolved from being a, a small meeting of 10, 12 strength coaches at the NSCA years ago to to moving to the winter meetings, getting recognized like that we well, that we exist, not yeah. recognized by the sport, but that we exist, and then. Years later, now through some of, some of our work that to to be recognized in the language, strength coaches is, is in there. So to me, that's huge. That that's that's pushing things forward. That is really impressive. You guys have just, you know, and I think that's what a lot of people may not realize too is that you guys were the ones that kind of got together with us, uh, and I say us, but NSCA before my time, um, and saw there was a need. And you were proactive as the, you know, your PBS CCS organization was proactive to, to say, Hey, look, we want something a little more specific. We want, um, you know, for people who may be listening and don't know what RSCC is, our registered strength conditioning coach designation, um, you have to be CSCS, you have to be a member and you have to be a full-time strength coach training athletes in a team setting for at least two years. So you have to have that experience. And so you guys said, we need these people that are proven experience. They can't just to pass a CSCS and, and then say, I'm a strength coach. Um, so that is huge just that you guys, you know, had the foresight and now to see it come to that level, it's just impressive. And now it's moving to different sports and absolutely. Uh, 
So like little things like that, you know, you're proud to be a part of. Yeah. You know, when you're sitting in a room, you don't ever know what it's going to turn into. So it's just, you know, it was just an idea at the time. And now it's actually something that's in play and being utilized. And, you know, it's like we're all doing our little piece as we're, as we're, as we're moving this industry forward. Yeah. And you, all the stuff you've seen in your career and yeah, the industry's moving forward. Where, what, it, what's your thoughts on where it's going? What's the kind of the future of the strength and conditioning role? Well, I'm just sitting back and I'm watching as it went from, uh, as we're moving to this performance and technology based type of thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes open and I'm listening. Uh, I'm probably not saying as much. I'm just cause, cause I want to make sure I'm, I'm doing it right and, and learning cause I'm always constantly learning, uh, how to implement some of these things. Cause you know, uh, I think it's important to, to evolve. We've evolved a little bit already. And then I think I've evolved over time and I know that, um, there's analytics and everything now, whether we're from, from the sport itself, but it bleeds into, into our industry and making sure we're doing things right. Cause at the end of the day, I want to make sure we're providing the most up-to-date quality programs for our players. And, uh, so I think, I think we see it moving in that direction. It's moved from, from the workout card, you know, you right, fill it out right, to where we yeah. do, we have elaborate computer programs and different things. And we're able to, to dissect the numbers a little better and all with the uh, intent of, of doing our very best to, to support our players and, and put them in the right situation. That's great. Exciting. It's exciting times to be a strength and conditioning coach. Um, if people hear this podcast and want to reach out to you, what's the best way for folks to get in touch? Uh, just usually shoot me an email and then, okay. and then, uh, cool. Gives we'll, me time to, we'll put that in, uh, the show notes, not on social media yet or anything like that. I am not still on, fighting it. Um, not that I'm fighting <laughs> it, not that I'm fighting it. Uh, it there, there's time, there's yeah. time committed to that. Yeah, no, my time sure. is committed to, to here. Sure. We, we follow some of our, our players, yeah. you know, um, we want to make sure everyone's doing some things. I mean, we, we, uh, have a good grasp because we have a year round comprehensive program. Yeah. You know, we, we account for every single day of the year. We tell you what to do and you know, when to do it or when not to do something time on time off type of thing. So when people are home or they're with uh, their personal trainer or their brother or with their wife and they're doing something, they want to put it on. So we, we want to see it. <laughs> so we do follow all of, all of our players. Um, but there's a time commitment to that, so I don't personally Absolutely. have any Absolutely. any social media. No, that's a good point, though, um, and that's for young coaches or even coaches that have been in the game for a while. Uh, if you don't think people are checking in on your social media, you better think twice. <laughs> you know, cause, you know it, it has evolved. So we we went from you know just doing a regular work at Cardo, and we would manually make a off season program to to have you go home, and then we we had one of the, we then we had to build a website for our players to log yeah. into, and then that's evolved to the social media piece. Yeah. So the technology has moved to where we uh, create accountability and expectation yeah. with all of our players. So uh, it's definitely evolving. We've been evolving with it, and staying on top of it, and doing the best we possibly can. That's great. Do you uh, do you guys do continuing education for your staff to like in house stuff and bring people in? What kind of things are you guys doing to keep your team kind of your own team fresh? Well, we 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 definitely have people come in and and CEUs are hard to come by. Sometimes we don't travel everybody. We have a big staff. We have you know fifteen sixteen guys. Uh, so there's cost involved in that. So sometimes it's easier to fly one person in than it is yeah. to send sixteen people out. Um, 
But the, but the Yankees are very generous to where they allow each one of our strength coaches to go to one conference that That's they'll great. take care of. Yeah. Uh, but you need more CEUs than that. Sure. So uh, we do some online stuff. We we bring people in. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we share that those dollars with the athletic trainers. So we might we might do some evidence based stuff with the athletic trainers, cool. or or vice versa. Um, and then I you know try to host a clinic. I would like to do more of that in the future. Hopefully the uh, NSCA will be gracious enough to to come back okay. i know it circulates right. but uh, but i'd like it to come back um there will be some things that we will do here maybe maybe a conference on our own or a clinic or a symposium if it wasn't wasn't with the nsca but sometimes it's just easier to do it that way so sure. we can Absolutely. make sure our staff is up to date um i also want to do uh you know staff or team building type stuff whether i don't yeah. care if we just go bowling you know yeah. what i'm saying you want to yeah. do stuff together as a group that's great and uh and have fun and then just sometimes we, we, when we come over here before camp starts, you know, we'll, uh, whether it's new terminology or a new thing, we go over our whole program again just to make sure everyone's on the same page, that we're teaching it from top to bottom, from the DR to the big leagues. Yep. And uh, and that's just more of a refresher, not yeah. nothing new. Yeah, keeping everybody informed and up to date. Now, you guys have a class act organization, and you guys have been gracious hosts. I appreciate the, uh, you know, the invitation to come down to spring training and hang out with you and getting put to work today was fantastic. So again, congrats on professional strength coach of the year. Thanks for your hospitality and thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. And, uh, come back soon. This was the NSCA's coaching podcast. The national strength and conditioning association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.